Action. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed. The cat is in her room. And I'm so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 22. And we're indoors. Thank God. Shane, how's the first sip of that tea? It's good. What is it? So we are drinking David's Tea um, Gingerbread Blondie. I've been sitting on this one since Christmas. I've been really excited to drink it. Is that why it tastes like farts? (laughs) Anyway, but um, I was thinking today about how much I really appreciate doing this podcast and I really like sitting down on a Saturday night and just kind of chatting and decompressing and you know getting to kind of talk about things that might be on our minds Uh, but I really miss doing it with a glass of wine and like this tea I'm very excited for but there's a bottle of wine in the kitchen from uh, my mother-in-law this week and Oh my God, I've been looking at it longingly every time I pass by. But if you were to just have one glass of wine, it wouldn't just abort the pregnancy, would it? No. So technically, they say there's no safe amount you can drink in pregnancy. However, my doctor has said, oh yeah, you can have a glass of wine. You're fine. And there's lots of information on both sides of that coin. So I'm not going to get into that too much right now because that'll take up a full hour. Most pregnant people just say, why risk it? I don't need alcohol that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And especially right now being sick, it just won't do anything for me. Yeah, this has been a kind of an eventful week since we did our Drake trip, uh, which we did do it. It was quite cold. It was uh, freezing it was minus rain. 10. Do you yeah. think that was the impetus for the sickness? I don't think it made anything better. Okay. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, Still good episode. Check it out. Alex it put, was her a health, great episode. put her health on the line. For you, for the listeners. But um, no, I have had a really awful week. So I am week 14 in pregnancy, almost 15, but at this point, and I was really excited to come on and report that, you know, my nausea was going away and I'm starting to feel better, but I've been hit with this terrible sickness. So it started off uh, early in the week. Lou was diagnosed with RSV, which is a respiratory virus uh, that's really common in babies and they can get it just from the common cold. And it is, it can be so dangerous. Um, And even if your baby is doing okay and kind of handling it, it can just turn without any notice. And a lot of women were messaging me um, on this family tree, telling me about their kids, sending me videos or pictures of their kids in the hospital hooked up to um, oxygen machines and things like that. And it's, it's just such a scary illness. I'm sure that put your mind at ease a little bit. <laughs> well, we were on high alert all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is why you don't kiss babies, folks, um, because it is so easy to spread. You don't. You might not even know that you're a carrier. Uh, or have a lingering cold or a cold that hasn't uh, had the onset yet, but definitely uh, could be spreading things. So then I picked up that, I guess, from Lucy, exacerbated by our podcast on Saturday night. And I'm allowed to kiss Lucy still, right? Yeah, but not if you're sick. I wouldn't kiss her Mm -hmm. on her face. Okay. She's pretty irresistible, though. (laughs) Continue, though. Um, And... Yeah, I've been in. I've been bedridden since Wednesday. Like, what would you do if you didn't have all the support here? Because it's Shane, like there's like a people wait on you hand and foot around this joint. It's true. I have no idea. So all week I've had uh, my mother-in-law and my mom kind of switching shifts. My mother-in-law would come during the day and then my mom would come at night. Um, except the one night my mother-in-law slept over. And then my mom my dad basically slept over. And it, it's been insane. So they were initially just watching 
Lucy because I wasn't sending her to daycare because of the RSV. And then when I fell ill, I fell so ill so quickly that people became concerned about me too. Uh, I was projectile vomiting. I haven't been able to breathe. My ears ruptured at 1 a.m. earlier this week and just started bleeding like both ears were pouring out blood and that was one of the scariest and most painful things I've ever gone through and I still can't hear well and it's just been a really hard week I have not been able to take care of Lucy for the past four days and on top of all that I've been treating you like absolute shit right he says that because I think that your calls could have been a little more uh sympathetic a little more babying I like to, mm-hmm. who doesn't like to be babied when they're sick? You were even laying down on the couch at one point today in your robe. And I said, oh, are you sleepy today too? And you said, yeah. And then cuddled no, into no, me even more. That's not what happened. You mm-hmm. said, are you sleepy? I said, yes. But I gave you a little a little hand rub and I made it uh, just, no, you know. I got up and shoveled our driveway for an hour. That's exactly what happened a after I A little while that. later. 10 seconds later because I, I looked at the clock and realized I better do this to record the podcast. Listeners, after I said it, Shane snuggled in a little more to me and I had Lucy in one arm and him in the other. And it was kind of nice. <laughs> Don't change this subject. Okay. So, but what I realized is from this, I was so confused that you thought I was treating you so poorly this week because in my mind, I was like, I was really trying to respect your space and you needed to be sitting in complete darkness and you didn't want any noises normally i i eat supper in front of the tv but you were just sitting (laughs) in the in the shadows just in darkness and like i can't really move so i was like oh no problem and then i I made dinner and i just ate it away from you because i know yes you don't want to be moving your neck apparently your ear hurts very badly if you even move your neck slightly so i just ate the meal and i came over and i said do you want me to go upstairs and you went no i'll go upstairs and i'm like <laughs> i'm like no no stay there because you said laying down was hurting you i was like you stay there i'll go upstairs and you're like are you gonna come back down for vanderpump rules and i said of course i'm not gonna miss vanderpump rules i'm not an idiot and then you were like good because i need that to make me happy and then i came down and we watched our it was fun our program yeah. but then i got it so in my head that i must because i thought i was treating you well and then you said i was treating you poorly that I thought something is wrong with me for me because I thought I was an intuitive person. And then I, I started, I think I might have Asperger's. <laughs> Shane went on a kick. <laughs> but I took an Asperger's test and the test said I have Asperger's. And then I started thinking about all these things that could connect to me actually having Asperger's. Like I, I don't show emotion on my face. I, I, have tr- ver- I have trouble with directions to the point of almost... It would seem insane if I didn't have something wrong with You have a hard time smiling. Yeah, I have a hard time smiling. Uh, People have a hard time reading my face. People don't like making eye contact with me uh, for that reason because I'm not emoting properly. So they're not getting the right mood off me and it makes people uncomfortable to look at me. So I think we may have discovered through this that I actually have Asperger's. (laughs) I I think that's still something that I don't feel 100% on. I can see why you feel that way because a lot of your personal tics kind of align with that. Um, Yeah, just socially, uh, I've noticed I'm very strange and I've noticed other people have noticed I just that. I just think that they're your ticks and that's the way you're wired. But it's not even a tick. It's just a um, like a tick is just like whoo or or, or I, I I do weird things. This is just how I am. You know what I mean? It's more than a tick. It's a state of no, being. No, I get that. I get that. But 
I think then how you are and how your brain is wired is just similar to somebody on the autism Asperger's spectrum. Mm-hmm. It seems like you want to be an Asperger's denier. Like no, you don't want to be married to a guy with Asperger's. I don't. I don't. I don't care about that. Um, but I just don't think you are. I think that you see uh, your faults. I'll say in this, like your social faults, maybe um, as more dramatic than they are. An I don't illness. think it's going on. I know it's going on, though. Yeah, yeah, but like an illness or whatever, I just think that you can get very wrapped up in it. What illness? I had, like, when you had that, had to get that, um, what do you call it, when they put the camera up your butt? Yeah, because I was get, I, I had a, um, what's it called, a butt scan? No. Um, <laughs> a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy, yeah. Yeah. But something was going on with my butt. <laughs> Shane was taking two-hour salt baths every night for, like, my two butt months. Hurt. I, I know. <laughs> But actually, that was a nice time in our life because we'd both sit in the bathroom. I'd sit in there with you. It would be all steamy and salty and we'd listen to a podcast. It was, oddly, the steamiest part of our relationship (laughs) was me soothing my uh, anus. (laughs) I wonder how many people are turning it off or turning it up right now. Oh, I think everyone listening is turned on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was an eventful week. I learned some stuff about myself. I got a lot of answers. Maybe I'm wrong. If there is anyone who knows how to define Asperger's more than just doing tests online. Reach out. Reach out to me and I'd love to uh, have you in as a caller. And I think it would be interesting to kind of talk about what you go through and what Shane goes through and try to give him more direction on this. Yeah, because I looked up a lot of YouTube videos and I was really relating to the people there because I guess in my mind I have an idea of a typical person with Asperger's or uh, autism Mm -hmm. that like it's that good doctor show which is a very extreme (laughs) yeah that's pretty extreme uh, or maybe it's not that's how little I know but when I was looking at the YouTube videos the people seemed closer to me than the good doctor well which is a show on CTV Asperger's over autism right and I'm just showing how I I thought it was almost one in the same yeah I, I knew Asperger's was a lesser than autism autism's like more defined i wonder if you can get uh diagnosed uh through a psychologist in ontario for free like as a part of our health program a good workaround is when you have a podcast get the diagnosis through under the guise of their pod guest and Perfect. then you, you promote them and then they diagnose you like i did this with um when i was getting my sperm tested right to skip paying for it we just did it as a bit on our podcast and got it for free you also did it with the baldness expert Yes, yes. So I used to think I had thick hair, and then a baldness expert came on my other podcast and told me I have uh, fine, fine hair, which is weird. You have a lot of hair, but I'm but not it's balding. Fine. I'm I have fine hair, but it feels thinning. Anyway, uh, it was a, it was a pretty big week. Regardless, we also we changed the name of our potential children or child. Oh yeah, we did. So that was when we were at the Drake last week. Uh, originally, if we had a boy, we were going to name it Wells. Yes. But we have since changed that. Now, a lot of people, they like doing a bit of a power play when it comes to naming their babies. It's like, I'll, I'll always ask my friends when they're when I find out they're expecting. I'm like, oh, do you have a name? It's like, yes, we do. <laughs> and we're not going to tell you till they're born. And it's like they're waiting for the Instagram announcement. And I know I'm alienating a lot of people by saying this because almost everybody does this. Yeah. But I just hate that. I, I, I don't like 
that at all. Well, it's just like out with it. I think it's it, for fear of people judging the name, but people are going to judge the name no matter when you say it. If it's, <laughs> you know, the day it's born on Instagram or if you tell them five months before the kid actually pops but out. I actually think saying it early does serve a purpose, whereas mm-hmm. saying it is like, surprise, don't you love our name? It's like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I only cared when I asked you six months ago. Now I'm just mad at you. But when you tell them when you actually have the name, yeah. it reserves the name. Yeah. It, and then, and that's then, uh, huge. Because another person could be like, oh, I was actually going to name that. And then if if I'm like not totally head yeah. over heels with the name, I can actually have a little conversation and be like, okay, you have it. We'll come up with something yeah. different. And we have enough time to actually come up with something better. Or the person just stays silent and you win the name war. Yep. Anyway, in the spirit of that. Well, let's, I don't know if we've even said our girl name. Okay. Well, I, I was just going to say both of them, but you can <laughs> do it, Alex. It. Surprise. No. <laughs> you go for it. You go for it. Okay. So if it's a girl, you're a woman. So you I'm say the woman. woman's, the All future right. woman's name. So if it's a girl, it's going to be Betty. And if it's a um, future man, it will be named Jersey. Yes. So, but hold on, don't because we, we changed it from Wells? We changed it from Wells to Jersey uh, over dinner, but do we want to beep this out because of the re- relevance to my dad? No, or will he be sitting in his car listening to this and that makes yeah, it more fun? Yeah, let's stop with the whole suspense okay. kick around babies. I don't like it. All right, so. If it's a boy, we want to name him Jersey. So Jersey was the name of my Jodic, my grandfather. Uh, it's a Polish name. He was a super interesting guy. I never met him, but he, from a really young age, like when he was 14, he was running money for the Polish underground in Russia because he was living in Russia, you know, because they had expanded so much land, taken over so much territory, so many countries. Uh, and he was working for the Polish underground, came here to Canada after the war, And uh, continued in some funny business dealings. I have a lot of beautiful jewelry, (laughs) thanks to him. But such an interesting kind of enigmatic guy, super handsome, like very handsome, very well-dressed for a man in the 1940s, 1950s. Uh, And it would just mean a lot to us to have that connection to um, my Polish roots, to my grandmother, who I was really close to, my babcha. And I just think that... uh, she, more than anybody, if my grandmother, uh, Tudosia was still alive, she would just absolutely lose it. This would be the thing that makes her the happiest is the first boy grandchild being named after, after her husband, my dad's dad. And the middle name would be John, too, which is your dad's name, but also my grandfather's yeah. name. So that would be a double whammy for John right there. What, what, do we know the middle name for the girl? No, we haven't discussed that. Hmm. But we could we could switch the middle name even to Paul. That's for Jersey. Betty. <laughs> Jersey Paul Cunningham. Jersey John. Yeah, it might, it might be the double J. Jersey J's. John sounds kind of funny now that I think about it. No, no good. Funny. No, I think Jersey Paul sounds better. Jersey, Jersey Paul. Paul Cunningham. What about Shore as a middle name? What? Jersey Shore. <laughs> You're always very. Sl- I'm not saying that was a killer home run joke. I thought you were making a Polly Shore joke. Somehow. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so Betty, what about Betty Pearl? Or is that no, no good? Because Pearl was her other name. Yeah. I think because Betty Short is it, something longer. Lucy Rose sounds nice. It flows. Yeah. But uh, Betty we'll might think need about something this. a little longer. Yeah. What's oh, her, and uh, the thing with Betty, 
I was looking it up online just and this is so stupid because if you like a name who the fuck cares what other people think about it and what other people have to say but the insecure part of me started looking it up online and uh, people were commenting on whether they liked the name Betty or not as a baby name in 2019 or 2020 and there was a lot of hate they're like oh Betty's an old lady name well that's only because people haven't named babies Betty in a while but there are so many awesome super sexy super cool Bettys like Betty Grable again older but Betty Draper Betty from Betty and Veronica just I love Betty and that's all that matters I think <laughs> yeah people aren't gonna like it. and anything truly good is going to actually get more hate because like truly good films they're polarizing like Joker was 68% on Rotten Tomatoes was it really people I, I got a message last night it actually woke me up it was like midnight and so and someone texted me do you like Joker and I said yes and he went I hated it that was that was our entire text exchange fascinating yeah it was virtual weird yeah. Maybe he identified too much with the uh, title character. Point is, great, true, anything that's really good usually will have a lot of hate. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, and lastly, we've been talking about switching homes to your childhood home, which I don't even know if that's financially possible, but <laughs> I thought that was a pretty big move and uh, interesting to kind of uh, live in a home as a parent in the house you grew up in your own kids yeah. potentially being in your room. Well, see... Uh, the room you grew up in. My parents bought the home my father grew up in. So the home he lived in with Jersey, my grandfather, and my babcha. And so my very first house mm -hmm. was the house my dad was born into. And then my parents moved down the street. Uh, and I spent the majority of my childhood and formative years there. And it would be so cool to, if it's financially possible, uh, buy that from them and then raise our kids there. Yeah, I think if we were to do it, we would definitely have to do the chef's plate move where you're constantly advertising chef's plate. So we never get, pay for food so again. So we never pay for meals right? again. And it's, it's an equitable deal because the people get free chef's plate. Free and, for everyone. And we advocate for chef's plate. Yeah. Although they were jerking us around recently. Oh my God, they jerked us around so hard. It was so frustrating. Be I tried. Because I tried. anyone who is getting chef's plate, if you want to cancel it, somehow they'll keep sending you the boxes Or they did house. for us. Yeah, they did for us. Maybe it was an isolated incident, but... Chef's plate, make it a little bit easier to unsubscribe and then you might get people resubscribing later on down the yeah. road. Because the only reason we stopped Chef's plate was you have an adverse reaction to foods right now. Yeah, but I, I love the service. It was just the most frustrating thing in the world to cancel. Yeah, but anyway, that would have to be the plan we go back to because we were saving so much money doing that. Yeah. Like you have no idea, like I know you don't check our finances, but how much better off we were doing I on Chef's it. plate as to not. And very interesting to have your parents move into this house so where we're shooting right now oh yeah this would be potentially where your parents would be living uh, which is a cool house it's a parents. beautiful house it's a gorgeous house the one we live in right now we love it so much um a century home much like theirs is so all we need to do shane is you need to strike it rich somehow or we need to strike it rich somehow so let's get one of the 10 million podcasts you're on like through the roof ratings just garnering tons of money no it's not podcast podcast isn't a money business instagram get popular on instagram alex <laughs> you're only going to be this hot for maybe another <laughs> year and a half 
<laughs> Make me popular on Instagram, friends. It's up to you. You got to be consistent. Well, I've been pretty consistent other than on my deathbed this week. People love deathbeds. That's more a reason to post. You're just sitting there anyway. Like, I know you need a nap, but it's not like anyone's <laughs> looking after Lou. So your parents are down here playing, jumping around, yeah. entertaining Lucy. You get up there and write four posts. Oh, babe. I did not have the mental capacity. Okay. You did not see me this week. It was uh, it was pretty bad. Hmm. Do you know who's never sick? Who? Kim Kardashian. What's her secret? She's a billionaire and she has a work ethic. Mm. Okay. Are we gonna call one of your uh, your pals? Uh, yes. One moment, please. So we are doing a bit of a part two with the woman that we were talking with last week, who walked us through. The process of what it is for a female to get fertility tested are we really yeah because she went through IVF treatments she was so open about her first experience mm. and it's hard to get people that are going to be that open and that uh, willing to answer kind of any questions because IVF is a touchy subject in vitro fertilization do you know what it involves turkey basting <laughs> so in your mind is it just kind of taking the sperm and like they try to ensuring? find that the healthiest sperm with the most motility and they isolate it and then they put it into the egg that they think is the healthiest and then those two things combined uh, produce a very high chance for having a child or at least a higher chance than just traditional sex yeah so it's for couples that have you know some form of difficulty in conceiving um but i looked up exactly what in vitro is because i have an idea of it too but i want to get a more definitive explanation so in vitro fertilization is the most common type of assisted reproductive technology used to create an embryo by bypassing certain causes of infertility such as mild sperm abnormalities fallopian tube or ovulation irregularity in women uh, and during ivf a woman's eggs are surgically retrieved and then fertilized in a lab by mixing with a partner or donor sperm the fertilized egg is then to grow for two to five days and is then surgically transferred back into the woman's womb. So there's a lot of surgery. We mentioned before that we had been watching uh, Amy Schumer's updates with it. Uh, she's been posting pictures of bruises. I, I, I truly didn't know that there was actual surgery involved. That's why I am looking forward to this call. Right. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do have a kid. So um, this, I think, will be the last in our fertility series because you may not 100% be on board with this, but... It could be interesting, right? Why shoot it down? I'm not shooting it down. I'm letting the people know mm. that this is not a fertility podcast because we have been talking a lot about fertility. That's you think Mike on Much would let me do three weeks in a row on this? <laughs> they they barely let me do one cum-filled episode. Um, disgusting. Hey, Heather. Hello. Hey, welcome back uh, to this Family <laughs> Tree podcast. Appreciate you taking another call. Yeah, no problem. How are you feeling? Uh, been way better. Oh, gosh. Well, hopefully it's on the way out. <laughs> oh, that's what we're hoping to. But um, so we just kind of went over exactly what IVF is. And okay. uh, we talked last week about you coming on and explaining the process as someone who's been through it. Yes. All right. So what exactly did you have to go through? Yeah. So last week we talked about the fertility testing. So to see the results of what um, kind of fertility treatment would go best with your uh, results, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so ours was IVF. So IVF is the most um, maybe invasive or kind of extremist, um, if that's a word, uh, form of fertility treatment. 
So before we actually had to go through the physical part of it, there was a lot of information sessions and paperwork um, that we had to do. But once we were all set, um, they gave me a month to call uh, of my cycles, just saying, when you get your cycle, give us um, a call on that first day. So it started on day three. So similar to the fertility testing, they monitor your cycle. Um, so you're going in for daily appointments to get your blood work, um, have those ultrasounds and speak with the nurse. Um, but this includes the injections. Right. So three times a day, I was giving myself hormones, um, injecting myself with a needle, either through your stomach or your thigh. Um, Wait, you were doing I, it yourself? Yes. Did it hurt? Yes, it did. Yeah. So um, I chose the thigh just because my thighs are a bit girthier. Uh, so I thought it would be <laughs> less painful. Um, but yeah, by probably day six or seven, I had a lot of bruising. Oh, um, and so yeah, so the hormone that you're giving yourself twice a day is to increase your egg production right so the goal is to try to get as many eggs as possible um, to fertilize as best as they can um, so that's the needle twice a day and the needle once a day is um, to stop your eggs from releasing so okay. they want to control when they release so that they can get them rather than uh, the eggs releasing on their own so do, do these needles uh, cause any other like side effects other than bruising or so yeah not like the needle themselves not really like they'd go over how to properly clean the needle and how to properly clean your thigh and how to do it and everything um but the hormones that you're taking uh do have some side effects i'm sure my husband can attest to my lovely <laughs> mood from time to time um but even so as your eggs are developing as you're getting closer and closer to when your eggs are going to be released um so the average woman produces one and mm -hmm. from what they said it's usually about two centimeters in size um so imagine you're trying to produce as many eggs as possible um so i had about 14 so that's 28 centimeters worth of hold on eggs. so so <laughs> do they all of all of 14 of them get released so all 14 of them are growing on your ovaries okay oh yeah so yeah so you can imagine like it was very like in the beginning it didn't really hurt because they're not at their full size yet um, but when you're getting closer to your egg retrieval day um, which I'll explain you're you're pretty uncomfortable yeah. um, the day I remember the day before my egg retrieval when I walked I could feel almost like you know at the end of your pregnancy when you have the head down there and you can Absolutely. feel it kind of yeah <laughs> um, that's that's what it felt like well, like I ha um, I've had an ovarian cyst before and that's just oh, kind of okay. what it makes me think of because that's just yeah. like an extra growth on you and it's so uncomfortable yeah. So there was a lot of um, instructions in the sense of uh, like not working out, not doing yoga, like nothing that would potentially because your ovaries aren't used to carrying that kind of weight. Right. Um, so there is this fear that they might flip or um, something could happen that would lead to emergency surgery because that's not your ovaries aren't supposed to flip. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, insane. Yeah, so the last needle that I gave myself was 36 hours before uh, the egg retrieval. So we had a little last needle party just to <laughs> somehow celebrate the process. <laughs> um, and what that hormone does is to kind of trigger um, your ovaries that, okay, the eggs can be released. Right. Um, so the egg retrieval was definitely the worst part. So I was given a narcotic the night before in the morning of just to kind of remain calm. So you get to the clinic, you're taken into a surgical room. It's kind of like a doctor's office, but just a little bit fancier. Mm -hmm. um, so you get strapped into the bed and then, so where the, if you imagine getting a pap where the doctor sits, behind them is like a little window or a door and that opens to the lab. 
Right. So the entire time they were taking the eggs out, I could hear the doctor and the lab tech talking to one another. Um, so what they do is they're giving you obviously pain medication and then using an ultrasound probe, there's a needle attached to it. And to get to your ovaries, they pierce through the vaginal wall. So they're doing all this transvaginally, like? Yes. Okay. Yeah, with the same probe. So if you can imagine the female reproductive system, like the ovary, or sorry, the fallopian tubes go like up and around, almost like a bend. And obviously needles can't bend. Yeah. So they have to poke through. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So not only like that poke was probably the most painful part. And then you just feel the pressure of the ultrasound moving around to try to see the, the oh follicles God. and the eggs. Yeah. So um, like I said, as they're taking them out, you can hear the lab tech saying, yep, that's one, that's two. And they're counting them as they're doing it. Right. Um, and they're like, there's a nurse by my ear the whole time saying like, okay, Heather, they have three, they have four, like just keeping you informed. And in the fertility clinic, like this is probably a stupid question, but these are like registered doctors and nurses, right? Yeah. From my understanding, like they become a full doctor and then they specialize in right. uh, fertility. And then okay. they also have like urologists and different um, kind of specialties within that, as well as um, like a psychiatrist, a psych like um, a counseling part of it. Too. Right. Um, yeah, so they poke twice, like going to the left ovary and the right ovary. And then after they think they've gotten all of them, they just do one more kind of ultrasound sweep to ensure that they've gotten everything. Uh, and of course, they were like, oh, we just missed one. Can we poke through uh. one more time? <laughs> and I think I asked for more fentanyl like 10 times. I was like, this is not <laughs> working. Uh, I need more medication. But I also was like, you know what? This is going to be the one egg. So like, yeah, sure. You're already in there. Just poke away well, yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah and then after that during while I was getting that done my husband was providing a fresh sample um and then they take the eggs and they fertilize them right away okay in the information session we learned that it can take only about a minute to grab from the sperm and put it in the egg so they oh, can wow. kind of fertilize them pretty pretty quickly so all 14 or whatever they're fertilizing yeah so uh after they retrieved, so of the 14, only 13 of them were actually at the right okay. stage. Um, of the 13, 10 were successfully fertilized. Oh, wow. And then um, after they are fertilized, they put them in, I'm going to say a peach tree dish. I don't know if that's yeah. right, but they put them in something and then just watch them grow. And the ideal, like watch them grow to embryo state, right? which the ideal day to put a fresh transfer in so to put a fresh embryo in is five days after so do you get to see it when it's after it's been fertilized when it's in the embryo state like do you ever get that opportunity no I never really asked either I wonder like I think I don't know I wonder if they would just because that'd it's be a so interesting lab. Yeah. it would be really they show you pictures of how they develop oh, that's but cool not even the real yeah the real thing I mean as someone who didn't take science <laughs> in grade 10 um it was definitely a learning experience yeah it was really really neat to see how it kind of developed well I'd be obsessed with that like just like when Shane got his sperm tested I was wanting to see the video of his guys swimming around and I think yeah. I'd be so interested in seeing because I'm not a science person by any means and I'm very fascinated by it I mm -hmm. it's hard for my brain to comprehend it a lot of the time so that yeah. I think it would be so cool if they would let me yeah the craziest thing is like that's how your daughter is here and that's how my daughter is here like it's just crazy yeah. that that's where it all starts oh absolutely <laughs> um, yeah. So every day after the egg retrieval, I was getting phone calls just with updates like, yep, all nine are still there or all 
like how mm-hmm. how kind of they were progressing. Um, and then, yep, so we were lucky enough to have a fresh transfer, uh, and the embryo day was by far the easiest. It was painless. Um, all I really had to do, it was very similar to a pap. So you're just um, going to the clinic, and they are inputting the embryo so through um, a small tube and with the ultrasound probe to kind of make sure they're in the right spot the one thing that i found this is probably just our bad sense of humor but we joked a lot about like make sure it's the right one um so there was a lot of like okay please confirm your name (laughs) your husband's name they were like showing us the dish saying is this your name like the whole time (laughs) just to make sure (laughs) um there was no no confusion and then yeah you just kind of carry on with your life after that and about 10 to 12 days after you go back to the clinic for blood work yeah um and then they called me four hours later to let me know the one thing that i understand why they did it but kind of was sometimes difficult it was such a scientific process Mm -hmm. so never once did i hear the word baby they rarely said pregnant like it was very embryo and like very very scientific so even when the woman woman called me to tell me that it it worked and we were pregnant um I didn't understand because she was like, yeah, your HGH level is high. So that's uh, time for you to come in again tomorrow and see. And I just was like, so kind okay, of, am I pregnant or not? <laughs> do you do you find that? And, and I know. And again, I have not gone through this. But do you find that that took out like the way they refer to things, some of the specialness of it? Or does it just not matter? Because oh, you are so OK. Yeah. So for me, the like in my mind at the end of the day nine months later we had a baby so this is great um but the the fun of it was kind of gone like I really struggled with I wanted to be able to just pee on a stick at home and think of a fun way to surprise my husband and like surprise our family because we struggled with like do we tell people we're going through this because then people are gonna know okay they went and did this today like is, is did it work yeah um so it did and I also found that Hopefully there's no judgment here, but I had a heart, like I didn't feel bonded in my pregnancy at all. Mm-hmm. I felt very, well, like to one, the joke, make sure this is ours. And <laughs> like, I didn't feel like it just didn't feel maybe the emotional connection wasn't there until I actually physically held her. You know, I, I, I get that though, even from uh, miscarrying right before this pregnancy, it mm-hmm. like when I got pregnant with Lou, I was really scared all the time about mm-hmm. miscarrying, but I hadn't experienced that, so I had an immediate bond and connection to her. Um, But with this pregnancy, it's always just kind of there in my mind. Well, you know, be a little bit careful. And so I have found that it's been harder to to bond. So I I get that, even though it was a different experience. I get that totally. Yeah. And it's kind of like a defense mechanism because I... I thought we would get pregnant. Like, I come from a fertile family. So does my husband. Like, I thought we would be pregnant right away. Yeah. And so the disappointment of finding out that it wasn't going to happen, I was crushed. So I think I just put up a guard of, like, this this isn't happening. Like, no, you're not lucky enough. This isn't going to happen. Um, which yeah. is an awful way to no, kind of go through it. But it, it's you protecting yourself. Absolutely. It, it's so hard to, and especially with all the hormones and emotions that you're experiencing throughout pregnancy, not even considering going you know what you're putting in going through in vitro because that's a whole Mm -hmm. whack of other hormones but that's gonna fuck up your brain a little bit too and that's gonna screw up your emotions and make you feel certain things and make you not feel certain things so yeah no I get and I'm already kind of starting to feel like okay so when we decide to have baby number two like what's that gonna feel like 
right. because we were so lucky that it worked the first round for cycle. Um, so I, like I've been like, I'll probably mentally prepare myself. Like, you know what? It may not happen right away. So did they tell you how many, like, you know, it might, you might need to do it for this many cycles before you actually get pregnant? Like, yeah. So they said that if like the, um, the first embryo may not attach or may not right. implant. So you might have to come back and I, you don't have to go through the full IVF again, like, cause you have those frozen, well, we were lucky enough to have those frozen embryos. They would just need to do another transfer. Right. Like put it in, um, a different, so a different then time to would see. you, would you need to go through all of the, you wouldn't need to go through all the shots again. Cause that's only for when you're producing no. games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure exactly if there is some, some sort of hormone involved just to um, like increase my, I don't know what hormone it is to help you attach or um, what's involved. But I know as well if, so there's um, like I mentioned the fertility testing that they look at your uterine wall. Mm -hmm. So there's something called assisted hatching. So if the problem is that the embryo isn't attaching to your uterine wall, they can kind of scrape out at the wall to make a spot. Yeah. So they can scrape at the wall to make a spot for the embryo to hopefully attach. So if someone was struggling with that, maybe they would suggest it. Um, it is insane yeah, what they can do. So many things. And IVF is the most um, intense. Like the whole, like there's other ones where they can, um, there's an IUI where they will just take sperm and inject it into the female. Like there's lots of different stages of. So that's, that's um, the turkey baster that I was yeah, picturing so, when she, yes. when she wrapped it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Hopefully that made sense. It seems kind of similar yeah, to no. the testing, but. No, it absolutely does. And um, that explains the. Like when I was watching Amy Schumer's thing online and been following along with that, that explains the bruises that she was having in her stomach because I guess she just chose to give her needles there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because we as a couple, like we didn't, well, we thought we didn't know anyone that went through this and you feel not embarrassed, but something that has happened so easily for others, you you can't do in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting to see, like I've now seen so many celebrities and so many, you know, people that live publicly going through it. So it makes you a little bit better, I guess, 100%. in a way. 100%. And that's that's why it's always so good to talk about because not only does it validate the people that are going through it, but it helps educate the people that have never, like myself. Um, but Heather, thank you so, so much for yeah, no uh, coming problem. on again and for informing us. Yeah, no problem. Hope you feel better. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> have a good night. No problem. Take care. Bye. Bye. Do you want to get some listener questions? Sure. All right. So the first listener question that we're going to get to is pets and kids. So that's the question. Um, so how do we feel about raising pets with kids? Cause you have a pretty solid stance on what you think of pets. Do I do? Yeah. I mean, I do. Yes. <laughs> Could you just remind me what that solid stance is? Well, you said once our sweet little cat kicks the bucket. That's well, it's it. not our cat. We, we have a cat only because someone died and we had to adopt the My cat. My grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> your grandmother. Well, it's true. I know. So she, when my grandmother went into a home, she obviously wasn't allowed to take her cat with her. So we adopted her. Is that obvious? Her. Are all homes known for no Oh, you know what? Policy? I don't know. I guess not. But Shane, through that, she has become our cat. I like Daisy. Daisy's a good cat. We got lucky to have a good cat. But I'm barely home enough to take care of children i don't need to. <laughs> dogs are even harder oh dogs i couldn't do we we couldn't do dog as a couple right now okay cats don't really count cats are easy like we can leave for four days easy and 
just leave enough food and water and she's good. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. But I like to be very loving with animals and stuff. Like, so yeah, I could have a cat and I guess they are kind of independent creatures. But if I'm really to have a cat, I really, or an, any animal, I like being around them and, and them not feeling lonely. Yeah. Well, it's not like we're always leaving for four-day excursions. No, I'm just saying, uh, I guess a cat is fine if all the kids in the house and you want a cat, have a cat. Dog is too much maintenance for me. I can't do that. I love dogs, though. I really do. But not enough to have one. I love dogs. And I grew up with dogs. And uh, they were always incredible family pets. Like at any age, they were just so wonderful with my brother and I. We were so good with them. And I think it taught us a lot of empathy and just, you know, gentleness towards animals. But as an adult, I don't know that I could handle all the dog hair. Like Daisy has one chair like in the office that she sits on and gets really hairy. My chair, yeah. Your chair. <laughs> but other than that, she doesn't really get her hair anywhere. It's pretty it's pretty good. But any dog I've had, short hair, whatever, it's a lot of hair. I find cats even worse for hair. Well, you've had a series of girlfriends with extremely fluffy cats. Yeah. Daisy's not like that at all. Like Shane went through like five girlfriends and each each every one had what are they called persian cats just two in a row it wasn't five people well two and it was a lot of hair yeah it was it, <laughs> it got on my nerves but there were those were good cats too those cats freak me out because you know what i had a neighbor with a really hairy cat mm-hmm. they had several cats but two of them were really hairy and the poop would always get stuck to their butt hair yeah, the the one cat had more of a bit, uh, problem with that than the other one. The one was like a perfect cat, though. Yeah. Um, what's what's next? So yeah, I'm I'm not a huge on kids and animals. Yeah. All right. So the next question: How do you keep the woo alive with a toddler and a baby? We are so tired. Is that an acronym? No. Woo it's, means it's a pseudonym, not a pseudonym. It's a synonym a, for sex. Yeah. Okay. So how do you keep, and I think it's like more than that. I think it's like all the, just everything under mojo. I get excited to come home. So being home is so much more exciting to me than commuting that I naturally am just excited. Like when you and I are playing a video game, I'm actually excited. I am a very childlike person. And again, when I was looking up all the the, the qualities and traits that a person with Asperger's <laughs> have, you get obsessed by very simple things right uh so uh, for me a, a video game is just as important as going out to a, a five-star meal or some crazy party so i'm easy to impress and and you're like my best friend but that i guess isn't i don't think the kind of nature they're talking about they but mean like sex. if you're if you're talking about it like the video game being like a five-course meal at a fancy restaurant then the video game would be like the foreplay as the restaurant would, right? Like the getting the other person excited, having that intimate time. I don't have a boner when I'm playing <laughs> playing the video game. <laughs> That's what I not. mean. I To delineate what she actually probably wants to get to is how do we keep sexy in the relationship? And it's it, I will and, say... And there, she's specifically speaking through uh, exhaustion. Yeah, and I, and I guess the presumption is we are keeping the woo... And I think the woo's kept, but you, you're always, 
You have a difficult thing because you're always very ill, I'm finding, in, especially in a pregnancy. In pregnancy, I'm uh, not feeling So good. it's like you're ill 24-7, but you also want to do it 24-7. <laughs> so it's hard. And you're also, you're not a person to ever blame yourself, uh, I find, for woo-ness. It's always like, I want to do it. You don't want to do so it. Is, is this and voice me being sick? Yeah. <laughs> And you're hurting my feelings by not what I'm like, Alex, you're in your deathbed. You're dying here. Let's do it. I'm like, okay. And then the next day I get like a borderline email in a, in a text that's like, it's just, you're not into me. And I'm like, I'm not into you. What are you talking about? I felt like I would like murder you if we had sex. Well, I have a high woo drive. And I think the fact that I put it out there that I'm always uh, hmm. feeling wooey, then it's like, yeah. Come I, and get the woo because it's it's sitting here going to waste. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I feel like you say that but you don't mean it. Oh, I mean it. Okay. Just the, the woo the woo is sitting here. There've been times where you've brought it up to me that the woo has been not there and then I've <laughs> pointed out what exactly happened the night before and you've laughed because you know I'm right. Oh, like okay, but that is so um so rare. For it to be that way. In your mind. It is. Sure. Okay. And you like you like to be the person to have the guy like pounce on you. Or the, the me, well, I not like to the feel guy. The guy. I like to feel desired. Who doesn't? Yeah, but when... And I think a lot of women, they want their husbands to just kind of get it and act like they desire them and it's not just like an obligatory thing they want the husband to be like oh my god i want you right now like i need you kind of thing i do <laughs> even when i've been on my deathbed this week i'm embarrassed to because i know you want you want to and you say you want to but then when i actually try i'm like she doesn't really want to because you are very, very sick. Like, you honestly no, this, couldn't this really week, do anything no, the last, no, the, like, it, month, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I was um, very ill with pregnancy. No. <laughs> I'm just going to blow my nose. But um, very ill with pregnancy nausea. And then this week with, obviously, the cold. Pardon me. But the woo is always here, babe. Mm -hmm. For the most part. But I guess we kind of we kind of answered the question that we aren't the woo experts, and even when I no. often I think I'm fine, and then I will get a uh, not a mean text, but just a uh, yeah, I feel like you're not attracted to me sort of text. Right. Let's take a call. Podcast has gone off the rails a little bit, but let's talk about our next caller. His name's John Popolis. This is a friend of mine, and he. If there was ever a baby that would be competing with Lucy, it would be Pops' child because they're only a month apart. Right. Like, you know, when they're 10, months don't matter. But at this time, a six-month difference between Lou and... If, if our children were 10, it wouldn't matter. But at this point, a six-month age difference is pretty big. But a month is negligible. Uh, but this guy, he's claiming his baby's reading. His baby's watching, like... Um, nature documentaries and he's posting all this online multiple sentences well like you did a post about lou saying stringing together two or three words and he commented on your instagram that his kid was like 
I got my boots on. Let's go or something. Yeah, I got my boots on now. Let's go outside. Yeah, do you think that's possible? Is that's okay. Wait. I got my boots on. Five. Let's go outside. That's is that possible? Two sentences, nine words total, and words with multiple syllables. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible. And this isn't an ambush. We're not calling him to no. just call him no. out. That being said, I want to see if he's a bullshitter. I'm curious. I'm curious. And you know what? If his kid is this brilliant, how does he get there? What can we do to have Lucy? Well, it's probably just genetics because his wife is a doctor. Yes, she's very, very intelligent. And he is a Mensa member. Yeah. And and sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Some people are are gifted. And what would surprise me is it coming out this early and this aggressively like the intelligence. Who knows? Some people know. are just prodigies, some aren't. We're going to find out the answer, and we may even ask the child to come on the phone just to prove <laughs> itself. Hello. John, is this an okay time? It is an okay time. All right. This is This Family Tree podcast. This is a section we call Guy's Corner. It's where men bro down about being a dad. All right. And you're the guest this week. And Alex and is the, here, too. I'm the man. Hey, John. You're the man. How's it going? I'm the man. And, uh, you know, you and I have a basketball. We're kind of men. Yeah, we're kind of okay. But uh, we got a basketball tournament tomorrow that you and I are both competing in. So that's that's something guys do, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that qualifies us. And we've been practicing for about a month. And what do you think our chances are just to get the guy talk out of the way before we uh, talk about children? Chances, chances are good. I'm very confident. I want to go in locked in like like we are for sure going to win. That is where my head is at right now. And do you feel like you're going to not want to be subbed out? Because you are 6'5", and uh, it is a big advantage to have you out there the whole time. And I feel like there's not going to be situations to really need to sub you out, right? It depends, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of, like, there could be a, there could be a, a lot of good teams that have, like, Six one, a bunch of like six one fast guys, where they'll be doing like lots of switching and lots of switching, where it might actually be more beneficial to sort of have like three faster guys rather than, you know what I mean? True. So we'll see. I think it'll. I think it'll be more lineup based. But but I mean, I do get it because when the three on three stuff, getting rebounds and stuff like that are kind of crucial to to winning this stuff. And you are pretty quick. You're in great shape. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, we we, we <laughs> did a pre- we did a preamble before we uh, got you on the line. You're six five. You're a uh-huh. Mensa member. We also do another podcast uh, called The Pedestal, where we talk about movies, and we mention this preamble in almost every single episode. You're also yes. you're also married to a doctor. Yes, a neuroscientist. Neuroscientist. Gee, I didn't know that. That sounds even better than doctor. It sounds amazing. So yes, she's a PhD in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. So does, does that mean your baby? Everyone feels their baby is hyper intelligent, but do you feel uh-huh. like your baby is? I like. I was ninety nine percent sure this is what this conversation was going to be about. What? Hey, I've called, <laughs> every week. It's a, a new theme, and uh, I know. I was like, I bet I want. Like the, the moment you started talking about Sarah, I'm like, ah. All right, I'm right. That's how smart I am. I knew what you were going to ask. Me. <laughs> um, sorry, what's the question? Do I think she's going to be smart? No, no, not do I think she's going to be smart because I do think she's going to be, but it's just some kids just hit the record. It's top right. Yeah, thank you. Um, just some kids right out the gate 
seem to be smarter and you know they become child actors and then sometimes yeah. they actually regress when they're older like i hear right. jonathan lipnick he's a bit of a dumbass right now but when he was four he was a genius and I did not know that he was a big dumbass. Now. I'm, I'm are you sure he's a dumbass? Or actually, just people who are like, I'm actually kidding. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying Jonathan Lipnick. He's a dumbass. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, we're going on record. Someone can pull that an aggregator. <laughs> um, do I so? Do I think that right now she's particularly more than the other kids around well, her? Here's the reason I ask because Alex okay. did a post recently where she was talking about Lou stringing two words together, or maybe it was three words together, and it was the first time Lou ever did that. And we were like, right. wow. And Lou and your and your daughter, Joe, are a month apart. Yeah. And uh, you put a comment in, and we couldn't tell if you were kidding or not that Joe had said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, oh, actually, I've got it right on. Put on my boots, let's go outside. Is Did she actually say that, or? She said was it, was, it was, it was, Put on, uh, like, I'm, I wasn't like as articulate as that, but it was, mm-hmm. I put on my boots, go outside. And she's pointing outside. And, we're, and I was like, okay. And I put on my boots and we went outside because I'm like, all right. Well, she told me. So she does that a lot. See, because that is, but I don't know if that's very advanced. But, that's very, very advanced. I'm not sure if you know that. And not to call you out, but can we get her on the line to see if she can string any sentences <laughs> together? <laughs> she's, she's asleep right now. Oh, but, uh, how convenient, what, John. Wait, did she put on her own boots? She did does. She, that's pretty. She puts on her own boots? What kind of boots are these? Oh, yeah. This is insane. Wait, and is it true she's also wearing clothing for a four-year-old? What? Yes, that is true. She she wears How four tall years. is she? 100% accurate. She is she'll be turning 2 on April in April 7th. How tall is she? She oh, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but pretty tall. Mm-hmm. Holy she, shit. Uh, whenever she's playing at uh, like at the playground or something, I constantly have to tell other parents how old she actually is because she looks like she's like 3 or 4. Oh so if God. she's being so, like a dumbass or uh, not yeah. being socially, so like, yeah. So they're like, hi, my name is Haley. What's your name? And she's like, brr. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> I only know the boot sentence, all right? <laughs> <laughs> my dad drilled that into me for three straight days, two straight weeks. Um, uh, but it's funny that she's like very, she talks so much around us, like a ton, but she is like the shyest little girl. In the, like when at her school, they when we tell her her teachers that she talks like that, her teachers like, oh, she like barely talks at all. Like you can tell she understands everything everyone is saying. Like yeah. you can speak to her and she understands everything. But they're like she says like three words at school. Wait, because she's she is in, you like, mean daycare, right? Daycare. I mean okay. to say, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we we just say school, um, but. <laughs> But uh, but she's like the shy. Like when she gets around other people who aren't us, she like I mean even family members. Like my my little sister came to, to babysit last night and she just shuts down. She gets into the, she's very 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 shy and it takes a while to sort of come back out of her shell with people. When you were in school, did you skip grades or go to college early or anything, or did you do normal? I was supposed to, uh, not supposed to, but they were, they asked my mom to skip me the first grade. Mm-hmm. And my mom basically was like, he's weird enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah did skip a grade. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't skip the grade, but I, ended up, I didn't get a, uh, got sent to, uh, it's called the gifted program, like a special right. school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I did I did gifted programs starting from the fourth grade all the way through high school. And I was just I was listening to a podcast with Ronan Farrow, and he was saying that he was in college when he was 11 years old. What do you like? Let's say Joe ends up just being like a mastermind. Would you be an advocate to advance her in grades, or do you think there's like more social value to have her go with the normal uh, rate? It's hard to say. Me and Sarah have talked about it because she's someone who skipped a grade, and I have someone who got sent to a special school for high IQ kids, and it's hard to say because both of us have such crazy pros and cons Mm -hmm. like she was like it's very strange because you don't it's no no one your own age you don't hang out with anyone your own age but the people you're in class with all kind of think you're like like the difference between a 12 year old and 11 year old when you're that young is like gigantic yeah like a 12 12 year old would just never hang out with an 11 year old it's just just doesn't happen like you might as well be 20 years apart um so i don't know i don't i but but it's obviously Turned out pretty well. Like she got, she did pretty well in school, and she, you know what I mean. Like it's so, and same, same with me. I, I think like I, I kind of my all my memories of the good program were terrible. Like I hated it. It felt very ostracized, and I didn't really every. It was very strange, but I feel like I don't know if I would be where I am if I wasn't in it. So it's hard to say. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of kind of kind of take it with based on what she's like. Like if she like I think that's why my parents didn't skip me because I was such a strange kid. They were like, oh man, so I don't think they're gonna add on to this <laughs> and we obviously as parents and you're you have the child closest to lose age so uh there's an expression keeping up with the joneses so we're obviously yeah. using you to keep up with um sure. and we analyze your instagram a lot uh, we've noticed <laughs> no, we've noticed that there's uh, a lot of posts with joe holding a book and there's a caption alluding that she's reading. Is she actually reading or looking at the pictures? She'll say it depends on, I think, both. But I think there's not, a, especially at this age, a huge mm-hmm. difference. Like if you're looking, if, if I'm looking at pictures and I'm looking at a story and I'm sort of mm-hmm. tell, get, get, getting the sense of what a story is. But she also, like, one of her favorite, it's literally in front of me right now, it's called like Animal ABC. And it's just like A. Hardbark, be bear. Oh yeah, I know that one. There. That ends with it ends with zebra, right? <laughs> I've read yeah, that so one. You have read it. <laughs> um, and she gets so excited when it becomes the whale page. She goes whale like every time. Um, so so, that, but but I mean, a lot of it is like memorization because I know which words are coming. But in the end, difference between reading and memorization is not as far apart as we think. And uh, we um, noticed today she was watching a fairly advanced nature doc. In fact, I had seen that doc, and I had trouble keeping up with what was going she on. She loves it. Really? Yeah. Well, then the sharks came up. She's like, Sharkies, Sharkies. She's like, she loves the because we go, we go to the aquarium. We've been to the aquarium a few times. It's her nice. favorite thing. Um, That's yeah. pretty cool. We you're able watch- to watch adult stuff with your kid because I'm. I'm not sick of Peppa Pig, but it's just, uh, it's a lot. Lucy likes new She pictures. watches very little TV. Like, she, I would say all together, maybe like 20 minutes a week. Yeah. All together. So, and then, so well, if it we put cuts into a reading time. Yeah. yeah. Today, like, today, we, <laughs> but that, like, today, like, we read like, uh, like, like 40 books today. That's her thing. She goes and she's, she like demands it. Wow. She'll like pull out books and then like say sit, sit, like get on a chair and then you know, she sit down and she climbs into your lap and she holds the book and sometimes you finish the book and she says again and you read the same book four hundred times. <laughs> Jeez, well I, 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 call, I read I, the way I feel like four hundred times. 
<laughs> well, I called you to kind of uh, call bullshit, but you know what? I'm I'm believing Pops because he's he's a lot of things, but he's not a liar, Alex. But uh, what do you think? No. Any no, questions? I'll, I'll, I'm falling for it. I'm into it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, but I, you say the keeping up with the Joneses thing, but I mean, the, there's uh, from from uh, it's a huge benefit being married to a neuroscientist who kind of knows all this stuff. Yeah. Well, there's not a ton of correlation between like early development. Like it's you can like we we could be very smart people and we could have a kid who like literally doesn't know how to read until she's like five, and that actually doesn't really make a big. All those kind of granular stuff mm-hmm. don't matter as much. She absolutely will, and we are keeping up with Josephine over here starting today. <laughs> yeah, it's just because your kid's five eight and has like shoulder length hair, and Lou has a twenty four hair hairs on her head. Though. Her, but yeah, but but trying to man- see, it's, it's like the, 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 the pros and cons. Grass is always greener. Her hair is like a constant, nonstop like thing to have to deal with all the time with the tangles and the combing. And you have to put it up in various different ways. It's not, it's, oh, it's the way you have to like really like clean it like super hard every time. Because <laughs> she's really thick. It's very thick hair. There's nothing wrong so, with this kid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard how tangled that hair gets. When she wakes up in the morning, she looks like her hair, it looks like she's been electrocuted like every morning. Oh, it's too bad it's, it's so it's thick crazy. and luxurious, eh? <laughs> all right. I think this is it for Guy's Corner. We just wanted to. Uh, uh, kind of grill you a little bit yeah. and uh sure in, in a fun way of course we're just kidding and <laughs> we don't really care but uh yeah let's go eight balls that's the name of our basketball team tomorrow i'll see you yeah, tomorrow man. at defense and rebounding that's how we're gonna do this thing 100 and i yeah. we did play on friday and i was going 100 percent, and i never got tired so i think i'm at the perfect cardio level right now and the beauty is, is that these games, the games like we've been doing like for like a full hour, like nonstop, but we're not going to be doing any of that tomorrow. So like we have a cardio built up for the amount of running that we don't actually need to be doing. Yeah, so, but you know, there's that pocket after you kind of sweat where you're in the zone where you're yes, warmed up. And I am worried about that. Yeah. I bought like cliff bars and stuff to sort of like, <laughs> I am I legit am worried about that. And our children down. are going to be there, right? You're bringing Joe. They are. Yep, she is coming. Yeah, so Lou's going to be there uh, too. But um, unfortunately, Lou won't be able to carry a conversation with Joe, so she might have to find some. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Joe will see a whole bunch of people she doesn't know, and she'll just sit there sucking herself and being super shy. Hmm. And you're going to be like, I thought you, you told me that Joe talks. Like, but she gets around people, and she just she's painfully shy. All right. Well, we'll see. It breaks my heart a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all right. Well, Lou won. Uh, oh, and Joe, uh, 48, I guess. But uh, who's keeping score? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> John. They're both amazing. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for uh, taking the call today. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, All right. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everyone. Bye. Bye. All right. So that's Guy's Corner. It seems like the kid might actually live up to the hype. I don't I know. I think so. I think uh, it's a smart kid. Uh, okay. So now we'll end with the questions. All right. Finish off these questions. So I'm going to save some of them. We'll go through uh, a lot of them, though. So this was a write-in. I've been finding since being home on mat leave with my almost 10-month-old that my partner and I had had a few heated arguments regarding our little one spending more time with my immediate family. I'm very close with my parents and siblings, and they are over three to four times a week when my partner is at work. I'll be back to work soon, and we need our child to be cared for for six months until daycare starts in September. My family is ready, and they're happy to help out. But when my partner and I talk about it, the same issues and arguments arise. 
I love his parents. However, they both work full time, so it's not as easy for them to lend support. Have you ever experienced anything like this or can you offer some advice? I find the least helpful people when it comes to looking after Lou are the people who share my blood. Is that, how, how do I say that? The people who are related to me directly? Because uh, my dad works a lot. Yep. Uh, my dad is a uh, limo driver and a hearse driver, so, and his hours are very sporadic. But he does uh, transport my stepmother, who is uh, Lucy's Nona, and I find her here a ton. Yeah. And your your She's parents your parents my in laws live right around the corner and they are here a ton they probably yeah. see Lou at least five days a week probably six days a week yeah. on average and my mom uh, does not see Lou very often at all and I think it's because. She's a little, she's kind of like me. She's awkward to a fault and she feels uncomfortable asking. Mm -hmm. She wants to be asked, oh, just tell me, tell me, I'll come over, or I'll help out. Yeah. But it's like, it is, it's harder to ask someone than it is to agree to accept help. Yeah. So we don't want to ask her and she doesn't want to ask us. So she ends up with the short end of the stick. And really, my thought is, if you really want to see your granddaughter, make the effort, because that's the best way to see her. Anyway, my parents are, my parents are uh, divorced, and there can be tension when it comes between like my stepmom and my mom and my dad and all that. And my mom doesn't want to create anything awkward. So her, her method is to just stay out of it. Mm -hmm. So we don't have any real tension because i'm not like my mom needs to see lucy or whatever because it's not an issue yeah but your parents are winning if the, if anyone was keeping score or my stepmom would probably have the belt of seeing lucy the most just because she has the most free time right now uh but yeah. it's not an issue as far as advice would go i would uh simply say exactly what you just said in the, the text it's this is a pragmatic thing it's not a prefer loves the baby more thing right it's just yeah. logistically speaking right now at this point in time and this is sure to change once your parents enter their retirement years yeah if, if his parents work full-time i think that is a lot to be asking of them to come and after working full-time then help take care of the baby like it's exhausting if your parents are available and they're ready, it, like Shane said, is just more pragmatic. It makes sense. I think maybe to help appease your partner, consider maybe making some special dates with his family, you know, during the weekend if you guys have time or have them for dinner one weeknight. Just something to make them feel more included if they feel like they're being excluded which again in this situation they really shouldn't be but i i might use this opportunity to maybe make a special connection with them and your kids uh when you guys all have a bit of free time and the real issue i i have a hunch is that these things are being discussed under duress yeah. when the problems are actually arising if you bring this up calmly at a moment when this issue isn't happening I'm sure both parties will understand way more. And then you can give him the option to come up with a plan that would work for everyone involved. Yeah. And then I think that would probably solve it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. A next question. Have you started a bank account for Lou? 
wondering how we go about saving for our baby. So we have uh, started an RESP account, so like an education savings plan for Lou, uh, where we put in, it's like 250 a month, um, every month of the year, and then the government matches a certain amount of it. And then they, the government also puts in like $500 a year. And then this money accumulates uh, until the child is 18, and then they can take it out for education. Uh, or I believe they can just take out the money we have then put in if they're not going to use it towards education and then they just wouldn't get the government's matched income. Nice. But other than that, uh, we have not started like a different savings account for Lou. All of our money is tied up in our house, a rental house and that bank account. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't have any like extra, you know, what do they get with the rich kids get when they turn 21? What are those called? Uh, not banknotes. They're called, uh, I'm cashing in my, not stocks, my. It's something. They get a special thing when they turn a certain a age. Grant a bond. No. It's not called a bond? No, that's something different. That's some bonds. Something. We don't have that. And, <laughs> and, a, and a big reason is uh, I didn't grow up with that that stuff. I would never really had a, no, neither. a, a lot of money stowed away for, for me. So I, I'm just ignorant to it. Yeah, my on parents, how to do it. My parents helped me out with my education. Uh, they helped us out a lot with our wedding. And that, oh, like, and with, like, a car. Like, they were there financially having my back for my whole life, assisting me. And I think that's probably where we'll be with Lucy. Like, not just giving her money, but we will assist her financially with things that she needs. If we can. Hopefully we can. I'm assuming we can. I'm assuming that we're going to make smart investments and things going into the future hopefully yeah but (laughs) assumptions make an ass of you and me Mm, very very uh original that line does hold a lot of juice does hold a lot of what weight weight yes all right um most difficult part about lucy's current stage tantrums and discipline so yeah she's she tantrums randomly it's funny because she will if something's not going her way she knows how to manipulate now and she will do these puppy dog eyes. Her lip juts out immediately. And then after she gives you like a second and a half of that really cute, sad look, she just puts her head down, hunches her shoulders, and just kind of saunters away and is the saddest looking being on this earth. But it's not tough. It's like funny. We yeah. know she's faking. Like yeah. anytime she's doing that, I'll just, like we have a, a ball just out of camera view here. I'll just throw a ball at her. <laughs> I'll be like, shut up and just hit her with it. I don't, I don't say shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, you, no one's buying this. And then I throw the ball at her. And then she laughs and catches it and tries yeah. to throw it back. So it's very easy to distract her. She thinks she's tricking us with her fake crying, but we're not tricked. And it's no. it's entertaining to see her do that. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. Um, and in regards to tantrums and things, we kind of let them happen and just talk through them. Like, sorry, Lucy. I get that you're upset, but, you know, you can't do this because it's not safe. You can't do this because we're going somewhere else right now. And yeah, the key that's kind of where it Explain ends. it to her in a way that's a little bit above her intelligence, and then eventually it won't be because mm-hmm. she'll get it. But if you're just, like, uh, too harsh with it or you don't explain it, then they're just confused about what's going on. It's respect, respectful parenting, like... As if anybody else was trying to do something they weren't allowed. Sorry, you can't do this because of this. And you kind of leave it at that. And you don't get upset at them for getting mad. Uh, and you don't baby them 
because they're getting mad and you don't just cave. You just explain nicely why things are the way they are and move on. Because if, if you give the tantrum too much attention, it begets more tantrums, mm-hmm. which beget more manipulation because they know yeah. the tantrum yields results. And that's the last thing you want to do is reward them for their tantrums to yeah, get absolutely. you out of the situation. All right. Uh, we have another writing question. So this one is for Shane. Shane, do you plan on taking pat leave for baby number two? If so, when? At the beginning or at the end of Alex's mat leave? We found that with baby number two and no family or help around, I needed my husband there in the beginning. I know everyone keeps telling you going from one to two is easy, but let me tell you, it rocked my world. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be harder than people remember because people don't really remember how hard things are. They just know it worked out okay. Yeah. And uh, the good old days were the good old days. It, when you're actually going through it, it's it's not. Like everyone remembers high school so fun, but it, there's actually a lot of tests and annoying things to do and stress. Social, stressful social stuff. Exactly. But you, yeah. once once years removed, it's like those were the days, you know. <laughs> but I'm totally ready for it to be difficult and just to get right to the answer. Uh, probably the beginning part. feel like with the first kid, I did that and that was helpful. Uh, more because you're helping out the the person you have the kid with less than bonding with the the baby yeah i'm helping you out well your partner's in total recovery mode right so in my mind i was like oh we're gonna like throw the ball around and stuff i'm really gonna like do skin to skin with my child and we're gonna have this unbreakable bond but no it's more helping you out as much as possible and not having to wake up for work and so i can be up all hours of the night with the second kid i think that's even more important so it's twice as important (laughs) yeah yeah no i will i feel that i'll need your help so much more in the beginning just because that recovery period in that first month is so demanding on a mother Mm -hmm. and it is so physically and mentally difficult that that's when you need the most support and we do have quite a bit of support for the later years and we are going to the later months and we are going to keep lucy in daycare after a certain point but even at that phase with lucy um and you were helping me and like you know you were getting all my food for me all my water and you were there for me but through being there for me that's also taking lucy when i need to sleep so like every morning you would have well i slept three hours of skin to skin with lou and that was a super special because you got due for that for about a month mm-hmm. and doing that every single day for a month was such a super special thing to be able to do, I think, because so many dads don't have that opportunity. And you kind of learn a cool skill, which is how to be awake and asleep at the same time. (laughs) Because I was both. I could hear every noise happening outside. I was definitely asleep, but I was also awake and aware of every single thing going on. It was very cool and weird, and I can't explain it, but it was a special skill. Let's do one more question. All right. Do you want to do one for each other? Uh, Sure. All right. So Shane. All right, Shane, you have told me multiple times in real life and on this podcast to give you jobs and tell you things to do around the house. So I've been trying to do that. It's it's a hard thing for me to do, but I find that when I do, you get defensive. No, I don't. You don't? Is this just in my head? Because I feel like you get defensive. If I tell you, like, Shane, can you like do this when Lucy does this? Or can you clean up after this? And I find that you get defensive. If you're talking about her, I like kids being kids. And uh, you're referring to Lucy picking up the Play-Doh, breaking it up into little bits. 
and making a mess everywhere. No, Whoa. and leaving it there until it hardens. And no, then the Play-Doh's no, because ruined. the Play-Doh, I hate to break it to you, was already <laughs> ruined. So I knew, and Lucy knew, this was her last blast with the Play-Doh. I made an unwritten deal with Lucy mm-hmm. that she definitely knew. Okay. Do whatever you want with that. I'm sweeping it up and throwing it in the garbage bin. What about? I Today, anytime she opened a Play-Doh, I go, can I see that, Lou? And I would squeeze it, let her see it, and she would feel how shitty the Play-Doh feels. And then I would go, okay, bye-bye, and then we'd throw it in the garbage. We threw out all the Play-Doh today. That's, that's actually really good. We need to get her new stuff that's yeah, not the crappy and, knockoff. And I don't care if it's knockoff, it's Play-Doh. It's 10 bucks. Let's always keep getting new Play-Doh after two weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks, let's get her a new Play-Doh because that stuff is shit. We got a Nickelodeon even Play-Doh. Even the it real Play-Doh bad. is still shit. But the Nickelodeon stuff is shit on top of shit. Yeah, but what about the high chair? I said to always clean up her high chair. Okay, but there's a, a practicality to what, to what I'm doing. I, <laughs> Lou will stand up on the high chair. So yeah. typically, if she doesn't stand up, I will clean up the high chair, then lift her up. Right. If she stands up, because we don't strap her in that thing, which yeah. you should... But we don't do that. She will stand up and simply go to walk off. Like when she's finished her meal. When she's finished her meal, she'll go to walk off on the ground. So I will take her to the sink. I'll wash her hands. Mm -hmm. Then I grab the paper towel. And then she's usually running up the (laughs) stairs to see you at that point. If I actually take the time to wipe off the area, she's halfway up the stairs because her mom is taking a nap. And she's obsessed with you. This, so it's not like when you do it, if you put her down and wipe her hands, she might run over here or go into a safe area. Right. She's like, mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> I got to worry about like shaking my keys and luring her away from disrupting you when you're sleeping. So there is actually a logic to All this right. and this happens in the morning and I don't consider wiping off like it's like one of those commercials where they're showing how great the cleaning products work, but it's clearly the easiest stuff ever to clean that's any product that falls on her high chair is not the biggest uh chore i'm talking about in our house to do it's not the biggest chore in our house but tomato sauce is a bitch to get out if it's okay but while she's eating i'm emptying the dishwasher i'll do things like that that's true stuff that i consider really uh not taxing but takes up time and it's a real chore and a chore I'm happy to do. I'm not defensive about it, but there is a logic. <laughs> no, well, it's it's a defensive logic, but I, I see where you're coming from. I know, but I'm not going to let a no, child did. always rip up Play-Doh and throw it on the ground. I'm letting her, I'm like, that Play-Doh sucks. I don't want her to play with it. Disintegrate it. I'm going to dust bust it and, and you throw did. it away. And you did. Yeah. I, the fact All that right. people were letting her play with that disgusting dough and putting it back <laughs> into those containers... I don't like that. <laughs> All right. So what's your question for me? Do you think I have Asperger's? Like if you had to put money on it, would you say? Like truly, and if you're wrong, I'll die in this hypothetical scenario. Maybe the mildest form. Like the mildest form. Like touch of it. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to This Family Tree Podcast. Sorry, I'm supposed to say it. Sorry. Thank you for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 22. Boom. <laughs>